Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, there is that old saying when it comes to the weather, cast not a clout to May is out. Well, you'll be able to take your coat off on the 7th of June because the Prime Minister has announced the 7th of June will be her last day as Prime Minister. I want to speak to John Tong, Professor of Politics across in, in Liverpool. John, good morning. Good morning. It's, it's, it's a big day. It's the day that a lot of people have been waiting for. She did her very best, I would imagine, to hold on to the premiership that she's had for a considerable while now but it did seem as if it was slipping through her fingers what do you think made her mind up in the end John was it herself seeing sense or was her arm so firmly twisted that it was breaking behind her back I think it was clear that she was not going to get her withdrawal deal through the House of Commons and that was the the deciding point i I think she genuinely believed as Prime Minister that she would get eventually that withdrawal agreement that she negotiated with the European Union through the House of Commons, even though people were telling her for, for, for several months this simply isn't going to fly to the House of Commons. I mean, she lost by nearly 250 votes the first time and then uh, got the majority against her down to 58. But if anything, support was slipping from her in recent weeks, and it was the ill judged speech earlier this week when she floated the idea of a second referendum which alienated her own side um, talked about a permanent customs union as well without uh, actually going for it and managed to alienate the Labour side and, and that was it really I mean people just thought well that, that's it I mean at least she's been principled in terms of opposition to a second referendum until now um, and she simply couldn't carry her own side I mean she survived the vote of no confidence um, so under the rules she could have tried to cling on but what's the point if the centrepiece of your premiership, the withdrawal agreement you've negotiated with the European Union, isn't going to pass the House of Commons? So really, she had to go. Did you get a sense that she'll be looked back on as a failure, or will she be looked back on as someone who just could never have succeeded? She'll be looked upon as a failure in the sense that she couldn't get her deal uh, through the House of Commons. So there's going to have to be an alternative to what she negotiated. I think that history may be kind to her and she may be looked upon as an honourable failure, someone who had a sense of duty to the country, when, who was prepared to take the premiership when David Cameron, frankly, uh, abandoned ship the morning after the Brexit referendum that he called on and he'd insisted that he would stay regardless of the result. So she has a sense of duty to her country, uh, has a sense of duty to her party, genuinely believed that she was doing the best uh, for the, the, the UK, but she was never going to be able to sell it to, to, um, to many parliamentarians. 
as she said in her resignation speech then, you know, compromise is not a dirty word. And, and ultimately, her departure doesn't solve any of the problems of Brexit. It will simply now open up a civil war within the Conservative Party over uh, how to negotiate uh, our way through Brexit. And ultimately, the Conservative Party members will decide the next leader. And most Conservative Party members are Brexiteers. So we'll, in all probability, we'll have a pro-Brexit successor to Theresa May, whereas Theresa May never really believed, I don't think, uh, in Brexit. Um, so how does that solve the problem of Brexit and the board on the Isle of Ireland? It doesn't, it doesn't solve anything to, to today. It just, you know, all it does is show the musical chairs within the Conservative Party, the obsession with personal ambition, um, the desperation of lots of people to dethrone Theresa May, but to what effect? Because her successor will inherit exactly the same problems in the intray that Theresa May was trying to deal with. Who do you think it will be, John? I think if it goes to the members, it will be Boris Johnson. If Boris Johnson can survive the rounds of voting amongst MPs, and he's not popular in the Conservative Parliamentary Party, but if he can get enough votes to go to the final two, he will win. And then it will be absolutely fascinating to see what Boris Johnson um, will do about Brexit. Because ultimately, you know, the EU are not for shifting on the issue of the backstop. So how is Boris Johnson going to, to get rid of that, that key element? He's, he's also got to, whoever the successor is, is going to have to keep the DUP sweet because <clears throat> Theresa May or Boris Johnson or whoever is in charge of the Conservative Party, there is no parliamentary majority for that party. So if I had to have a bet, I'd say Boris Johnson, but I wouldn't put much of my money on it because there's going to be an awful lot of contestants. I think that Michael Gove will, will play well amongst the parliamentary party and you know, it could well be a, a Gove versus Johnson runoff at the end. And, and do you think eventually it could strengthen the DUP's hand and confidence and supply? I think so, to some extent. I mean, Boris Johnson obviously was cozying up to the DUP a long time ago. Remember, last November he turned up at the, the DUP's party conference and, and addressed them and was, you know, giving the... the ditch the backstop, bin the backstop line. So relations, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be difficult to do a deal between Boris Johnson and the DUP. And the DUP has always been very clear that their deal is with the Conservative Party. It wasn't with Theresa May. So forget the personalities, it's the politics that matter. But ultimately, if, 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 whoever is the new Conservative leader, where, where is the evidence that they are going to shift the position of the European Union on Brexit? So ultimately, you know, there has to be a decision on this. And I don't think any Conservative Party leadership candidate is going to be very popular if they suggest a second referendum out of this, which is one obvious way in which you try and at least uh, resolve the issue. You know, what, the, what the Conservative Party membership want is the raw meat of, of, a, of a tough Brexit. You know, uh, most surveys suggest that most Conservative Party members who ultimately will decide this, remember, you know, that they w w would be happy with a WTO Brexit, just leaving in effect without a deal and going on the World Trade Organization rules. So there's going to have to be, uh, you know, whoever is the next leader is going to have to um, offer lots of Brexiteer rhetoric, I think, during the contest itself. Um, but afterwards, we'll probably have to trim their sails um, and adapt to what appears to be political reality. I think Theresa May, I think the problem for Theresa May was that she never really, I mean, she, she campaigned for Remain during the Brexit referendum. And I don't think her heart was ever in Brexit. I think she genuinely believed that her deal that she negotiated with the EU was a genuinely good compromise, which delivered the result of the referendum. Um, but 
nonetheless kept us pretty closely aligned to the European Union to protect our economy. And I think, she, you know, ultimately, the, the legacy of Theresa May will be if that deal that she negotiated is the deal that turns out to come into play. You could then say that Theresa May actually was right all along. It's just that she couldn't convince her party of the merits of what she was doing. Uh, and finally, John, how far away are we from having to have a general election? When, when, when is the next one due? I mean, the next general election is, is we could carry on until 2022. Um, and it'd be very, very interesting to see whether a new Conservative leader, if he or she enjoys a honeymoon period, uh, would decide to go for a snap election to confirm their mandate. Because ultimately, we're only, we've, you've got 313 Conservative MPs and about 100,000 Conservative members choosing the Prime Minister of a country with, what is it, 60 million plus uh, electors or whatever it is, or the population of the country at least is, is, is approaching 70 million. But um, it, it, there's an irony that it's a very, very, very small electorate as a percentage of the population who will be choosing who our next prime minister is. So the next conservative leader might think, okay, I need to go to the country and call a general election. But that will depend on how the polls are looking for the Conservatives. At the the moment, the polls aren't looking good at all. Uh, So uh, I think that the possibility of another general election has probably increased with Theresa May's departure, but it's not a certainty. We may not have one until 2022. They don't want to make the mistake that Theresa May made. Yeah, precisely. I mean, this is, I think that was the moment, really. I mean, you know, the beginning of the end for Theresa May was not so much Brexit, but, but the fact is that she was not seen as an electoral asset. And the Conservatives can, can do ruthless pretty well if you're not an electoral asset for the party. She threw away the hard-won majority that David Cameron had. It was a slender majority. It was only 12 MPs. But she threw it away, gambling on uh, that snap election in 2017 after repeatedly telling the country there wouldn't be a snap election. So I think she lost a lot of trust in the country by going for that snap election. I understand why she did it, because the polls were looking so good for the Conservatives at the time. It looked, you know, people were talking about an, an, an annihilation of a Corbyn-led Labour Party, how, how foolish that looks now. But she didn't need to go for it. She allowed herself to be talked into that election. It wasn't, you know, her natural instinct. So you know, from that moment on, given that a lot of Conservative MPs had lost good colleagues, good friends and colleagues at that election, I think she was on borrowed time. And, and her indecision, what people saw as her indecision over Brexit, she wouldn't see it that way. She thought it was a, it was a good deal. But her, her oscillation between being a, a sort of Brexiteer and a sort of half-Remainer, that again just alienated most of her party. And so whilst her legacy might still amount to something in the sense that you know this was a deal that you know, she probably negotiate a deal which in some ways will, will turn out, will, will come to pass in some form. I think that, you know, nonetheless, she's not going to go down, is she, as one of our great and most distinguished and most uh, effective prime ministers. That's simply, you know, not the reality. John, thank you very much indeed. Uh, John Tong commenting uh, this morning here on the programme in the wake of the announcement that the Prime Minister, Theresa May, will step down on the 7th of June. Uh, Clive has a quick point he wants to to make, patiently waiting. Uh, Go ahead, Clive. Good morning, Frank. Frank, I have never noticed such a disaster, despicable uh, deeds by the Conservative members. My heart goes out to the lady. She had done her, her best. You know, what did they want her to do? She was clear in the deep end, as your last contributor said. She had to try and get a deal for people. 
And if you had not noticed, even over the last two, three years, the way the lady has aged, I mean, I have nothing but respect for her. She, she, she's a conservative prime minister. I think she served her country well. And what, the, what her friends, so-called colleagues in the Conservative Party, it's the dirtiest game and dirtiest job in the world, Frank. It's disgraceful. Well, John Tong did say, Clive, thank you very much, that the Conservatives do ruthless and some people may say they've done it today. Uh, the Prime Minister, Theresa May, will be standing down on the 7th of June. I've got a host of ladies and a gentleman as well who are much better dressed than I am. I'm under pressure here at Victoria Square and I'm going to be talking to them after this. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.